0: Other. A like out- what a laugh. Stop. We care you? about each other. So. <laughs> what did you say? We care about each other, bro. That's it. Say it again, Craig. I said it already. <laughs> <laughs> You're gonna <laughs> suffer my wrath. Get away. <laughs> Way too close. <laughs> <Benji>. <laughs> No Benji. There. I'm going to my room! Hello, everyone. My name is Haley Shepherds, and I am the Outreach Minister for Hope Famers, which means I going to be a part of Kairos. Um, I, that was Benji, so you guys all met Benji now. Uh, he is one of my favorite uh, TikTok video creators. Uh, he doesn't know, he's oftentimes being recorded, and he's a little out of control, is how I would describe Benji. But it's one of the things that I love about him. He's clearly upset that his sister brought her boyfriend uh, to their house. And <laughs> his response uh, was what, would be what we call a little out of control, uh, but for him, it's something that I admire. Um, I love that Benji's willing, willing to be out of control. Um, we're talking about this series, getting through what we're going through. And oftentimes when we're dealing with struggle, that's the one thing we want is control. And Benji just throws that right out the window. He's gonna say, I'm just gonna be out of control. Um, and I think we can learn so much from that. Uh, I will show you a picture on the next screen. I see a lot of myself in Benji. Um, I was what you called an angsty teenager. Um, That is one of the good photos that I had. I deleted all the really, really horrible ones. I was the type of kid who wore a lot of Hot Topic, a lot of eyeliner, um, and was extremely out of control. Uh, But it was because I had so many emotions and feelings that I just felt like I wasn't being seen or heard, and that was the only way I could express it. Um, So I was feeling out of control internally, and that came out, and I see that in Benji. I see the next photo that you see on the right-hand side uh, is me a little bit later in life. That's my sister, Sam. She's a biology major here at Iowa State. Um, And she's in literally every one of my sermons. So I'm just so thankful for her. Uh, But she's watching from online today. She's not feeling too good. So if you wanna go ahead and turn around to the camera, can you guys say hi to Iowa City? um, And also say hi, Sam as well. Three, two, one. Thank you, she'll appreciate that. (laughs) Uh, But that next picture is me right after graduation at a time when I thought I had a lot of control in my life where I had things all together, or at least I was supposed to. And it's a very different photo than the one you see on the left, but it's the same mask. It's this mask of, I have everything in control when I really had nothing. I was really not in control of anything. It was just me trying to project the world that I had it all together. And we do that a lot in society. It's we make it a competition of who has it more together. But what I love about college and about what you guys tell me is you tell me all the time how you don't have it all together. And I hope that that continues after you graduate because when you're going, trying to get through what you're going through, the one thing we always miss is honesty, being honest with ourselves um, and what circumstances we can't control uh, as we battle through whatever struggle we experience, whether that's a uh, struggle with a habit, struggle with sin, struggle with circumstances, things that are oftentimes out of our control. Now, when those things happen to us or when we experience this sense of helplessness um, in life, Jesus says this, Jesus didn't come to those who had it under control or who had it all together. Jesus says, all of you who are weary and carry heavy burdens, I will give you rest. And this mask that I wore after graduation was this false truth. I refused to feel anything. I was this shell of a human being after graduation. I thought I had to be tough and had it all figured out. And that's what the world endorsed in me. That's how I succeeded in the workplace following graduation. And then it all slowly started to crumble. When you enter into the world, the world starts to tell you this, you need to have it all together. You can't let anyone know you don't. Otherwise, you're not going to rise. You're not gonna experience success. In order to get through what you're going through, you will have to do what others expect of you. What I love that Benji does is he doesn't do anything anyone expects of him. I find it brave, also very funny. But oftentimes the world tells us, you know, don't show emotion, you'll look weak. Don't complain, nobody likes a complainer. Stand up for yourself, well, no one's gonna believe you. Don't change your major, you'll seem indecisive. Don't be ungrateful, someone always has it worse. And it's those ideas that are pushed on us as we're struggling to just get through what we're going through that make us into those shells of human beings. And so how can we get through what we're going through? Whatever struggle that is for you, I want you to think about it. And I want you to think about the voices, maybe it's family members, maybe it's the world, maybe it's your friends that are the loudest voices in your life. You can go ahead and go two slides over for me. So who are those voices that tell you that you're responsible for your family's reputation and that you shouldn't express what you're feeling or that you're an embarrassment or a disappointment? One of the biggest lies we tell ourselves when we're struggling is that one of us hasn't more figured out. But the truth is there's a lot of voices in our lives um, that are just lies coming our way. So who can we trust when we're just trying to get through what we're going through? We're gonna talk about that tonight. We're gonna be talking about trusting the one voice that we oftentimes always silence, and that's God's voice. And God invites us to this place of surrender. And that's what we're gonna be talking about tonight. When we surrender to God, we are giving to God what already belongs to God. Instead of taking control of it and claiming it for ourselves, we return it and say, God, it's not my way, but your way. It's not my purpose, but your purpose. It's not my life, but the life you have blessed me with in the midst of this struggle. Not, we surrender not because God needs us to, but because God knows that we need it. If I asked you today, do you trust God? I bet that many of you in this room would say, yeah, I do. I believe in God and I trust God. I, and I praise God for that. The next question I wanna ask you is, do you surrender to God? Do you feel comfortable relinquishing control and releasing and letting things go in your life? Sometimes the things in life that we think we have control over, but really we don't, but it makes us feel safe and comfortable. God is offering us a different kind of safety, a better safety. So surrendering to God is for our own benefit. Now, are you a trusting person? Maybe that trust has been broken for you, and that's really difficult for you to trust anyone in your life. God invites us to trust Him, someone who won't break promises and will never let you down. If you struggle with trust, maybe you think, maybe you think, you know I'm the only one that I can trust. I'm the only one that I have ever been able to rely on. But can our own mind be trusted? I know I can't trust my own mind. My mind will tell me lie after lie after lie. So why would I surrender to myself? Why would I take that control when it's only gonna lead to my own destruction? There are a lot of books in the Old Testament that talk about an internal and external destruction. There's these three books of the Bible called the wisdom books of the Bible. And it's Proverbs, Ecclesiastes, and Job. And these are very unconventional wisdom that we wouldn't necessarily say are the best self-help books, uh, but they're the truth, the truth that God offers us. There's these three stories or these three books of the Bible uh, that talk about God's wisdom, talk about God's voice in the world. And in Proverbs, we read this. God says, listen to me, for I have important things to tell you. Everything I say is right, for I speak truth and detest any kind of deception, for wisdom is far more valuable than rubies. Nothing you desire can compare with it. Wisdom from God is the greatest voice that we could ever listen to. God says, listen to me. There's an exclamation mark. That's pretty bold in the Bible. It's getting crazy out there. God's saying, listen to me. And sometimes we say, you know, I don't hear God. God seems distant. Or are the other voices in your life drowning out the voice of God? Listening and accepting that we simply are not getting it right and we need some help is that first step of surrender. So, how do we know God's voice? We can know God's voice by reading scripture, by getting a sense of what God believes is true, what the truth is that God reveals to us through Christ. We can read the wisdom literature that we read about in the Old Testament. I'm a big fan of the Old Testament. Uh, if you haven't read it, check it out, it's great. Uh, I'm one of the very few Bible nerds who just loves the Old Testament. So uh, if you wanna talk about that, let me know. Uh, but there's this important theme of wisdom in the Old Testament that I don't want you to miss out on. And so we learned about this foundation of wisdom comes from God, it's the voice of God. Wisdom is an attribute of God's character. And so we know we can trust it because it comes from God. And when we listen to God's voice, when we listen to what the promises God has for us, we find a way through the things we're getting through and we don't have to do it alone. Now, if we jump to Ecclesiastes, uh, we see a different kind of story. We see that Ecclesiastes is this story that's written uh, and the, the voice of the story is this person they call the teacher or the critic. It's this person who has experienced a lot in life And it's basically just this venting rant of all the things they see going wrong in the world. That doesn't seem like the kind of wisdom that we would expect. But what I love about it is it's honest. Ecclesiastes was actually my favorite book of the Bible when I was a kid uh, because it was dark, uh, but it was also honest. And this author still saw God working in really incredible ways. We see this in the book of Ecclesiastes. I have observed something else under the sun. The fastest runner doesn't always win the race. The strongest warrior doesn't always win the battle. The wise sometimes go hungry and the skillful are not necessarily wealthy. And those who are educated don't always lead successful lives. It's all decided by chance. In the book of Proverbs, we see a lot of, well, if you do things right, you will prosper. And that's wisdom is fantastic and great, but it's not the reality for everybody. I hear all the time, why do good things happen to bad people? In the book of Ecclesiastes, this wisdom literature is asking the same exact thing. God, why is there so much uncertainty in life? Why is there so much corruption and bad? Where are you, God? And so this teacher is openly trying to deconstruct the way we see the world. And for me as a kid, it sounds crazy, but I saw hope in this. I saw hope in this because what I was experiencing was being talked about in this book. It was a different kind of wisdom, one that was honest. And so we read even in Ecclesiastes, something even, an even bolder statement. This is the second verse in this book. Everything is meaningless, says the teacher, completely meaningless. Can you imagine receiving that? That's great wisdom, right? Everything's meaningless. but There's hope in that message. English translation of meaningless doesn't mean what it means um, kind of in our English context. In Hebrew, the word is actually hevel. It means vapor, fog, smoke. And so I've got some vapor for us today. And instead of life being meaningless in the way we understand it, that it's just all chance. Nothing is gonna go right. We just have to hold on and hope. We see that meaningless doesn't mean that our fate is meaningless, that our purpose is meaningless. Instead, it's this fog, this vapor, this smoke that we can't grab it. It'll slip right through our fingers. That's what life is. It escapes us. The meaning of life oftentimes escapes us because we're trapped in the things that we're going through and we can't see God working. But it's not meaningless. It just means that the meaning we thought it had, the meaning we thought the world gave our lives, that is meaningless. But we read further on that we see this mysterious hope, that there is meaning in life, just because I can't grasp it or I can't see what's in front of me. I know many of you drove in today with the rain and it was really difficult to see. Maybe you've experienced fog like this that you've had to drive through. It can be really a hopeless feeling as you drive through, even though you don't know where you're going and you don't know what's in front of you. But yet we continue, we move forward and that's life. It's not meaningless. It just means that we might not see what's ahead. We might not see what God has in store for us, but there's other promises for us that give us the meaning. And we read about those in the New Testament, that Christ gives us our meaning. We read that God made everything beautiful in its own time. He planted eternity in the human heart so that even people who could not see the whole scope of God's work from beginning to end. God planted eternity in the hearts of human beings for you. Those of us who are infinite can experience, those of us who are finite can experience the infinite eternity of God's presence. It's enough to give us hope So what does that mean? That Jesus Christ, the son of God revealed is living within us who sacrificed his life so that we can experience God's spirit and God's presence so that as we move through what seems meaningless, this fog, we can find meaning even in the midst of our struggle. And so we see that can anything ever separate us from Christ's love in Romans? Does it mean that we no longer, that he no longer loves us? if we have trouble or calamity or are persecuted or hungry or destitute or in danger or threatened with death. Read this good news in the next verse, a couple of verses down. No, despite all of these things, overwhelming victory is ours through Christ who loved us. And that love doesn't stop. And so as we're driving through the meaningless fog, as we're driving through the crazy rain that restricts our vision, we see that Christ is present with us. And so I ask you today, is Christ with you in that vehicle as you're driving through life? Or is Christ on the side of the road trying to flag you down? Are you going so fast, mile after mile, Jesus is there waiting for you to just stop and open the car door? Sometimes we think that we can't stop and let Christ in and to let the love of God in because that will, that will change us. We keep driving mile after mile after mile until Christ's voice grows louder. Stop. Please stop. I hope you hear that voice tonight. God's asking you to stop, to receive the gift of grace that God has for you and the meaning that rests within you and not the meaning that the world can give you. It's that you are children of God, which we sing in one of our songs. That's the meaning that we get to claim is that identity that dwells within us. And so we read how we can surrender to this love. There's two parts of this surrendering. The first of it is awareness, becoming aware of this invitation that God gives to us. This love and power that God has, that's not like worldly power, and see how our lives slowly become untangled. It's this internal work that God has for us. I want to ask you today, what are some of the knots in your life? What are some of the things that you need to surrender to God? The first step is even just realizing that we have these knots, these struggles, these hang-ups, these habits that lead us to this place where We're just trying to get through what we're going through. What's even more victorious is God's love, that even though we're all knotted up, up, God has something more for us. So do you want to surrender these knots to God? What are you carrying that you simply cannot carry anymore? It could be something that you have done. Maybe it's something that has been done to you, a relationship your future, the dreams of wealth and success, power, privilege, disappointment, fear. I want you to, just today, look deeply within yourself and discover the origins of these knots. What are they? It's that awareness that they even exist is the first step to surrender. Our struggle, what makes you believe that you're weak? What makes you feel unworthy or ashamed, afraid. There's this old prayer uh, called the "not prayer, and it teaches us how to let go of these knots. But before we get to that, I want us to talk about how sometimes the good things in our life, like serving God, loving others, can also be a barrier to the internal work that God wants to do for us. So as you think about the prayers that you have for God today, I want you to look at this question that I have for you. Is the work that we are doing for God destroying the work that God wants to do in you? What are you holding on to? What's your false sense of control? What could you surrender to God? When we accept that love, when we receive that love, God starts to unwind these knots. Slowly, one by one, they will be detangled. Oh no, I didn't do that one right. There we go. So accept this great gift that God has for us, this love that God poured out for you on the cross. On this next slide here, we see that that acceptance of that surrender that we can hand it off to God. That love of God will slowly start to detangle you. And so I wanna take a moment of just processing time. There's this knot prayer on their next screen. And I would like you to just close your eyes as I read this to you. God, please untie the knots that are in my life, in my mind, my heart, in my life. Remove the have-nots, the cannots, nots and the do-nots. Erase the will-nots, the may-nots, the might-nots that find a home in my heart. Release me from the could-nots, the would-nots, and the should-nots that obstruct my life. God, I surrender the am-nots that deceive me from keeping and receiving your love. Go ahead and open your eyes. Is that the surrender that you want to receive today? Ask God for it. You will receive it in bounty. When we surrender to God, that which already belonged to God, God says, You are the only thing I need you to be, and that's my child. And we get to do that together. So pull over, listen to God's voice. Jesus will be in the passenger car, for what, passenger side of your car for whatever comes your way. It doesn't mean that we won't face fog. It doesn't mean that we won't face fear, but that we won't have to do it alone. So let God in. We surrender, we relinquish, we let go. We trust. And that's what surrendering is all about. It's not because God needs it. It's because we need it. And so I want us to read the Bible reading that we have uh, for uh, tonight, which is Psalm 25, one through five. If you, would, if you would be willing, if you're comfortable, I invite you to just open your hands in position of surrender, whether that's really, really low, because you know we don't like our hands high, that's okay. But I invite you to open them up and just rest, to breathe in and to receive this truth that God has for you. Let's read this together. O Lord, I give you my life. I trust in you, my God. Do not let me be disgraced. Show me the right path, O Lord. Point out the road for me to follow. Lead me by your truth and teach me, for you are the God who saves me. All day long, I put my hope in you. There is hope in the uncertainty. There's hope in the struggle. God will be with you no matter what you are going through. Surrender to God the knots of your life. You are the only thing uh, that's keeping you from receiving that love, receiving that grace. Let go of that control. Don't surrender to the uncertainty and the meaninglessness because you have all the meaning you need because Christ died for you. Receive that today. Surrender anything that prevents you from receiving that love and trust that God will be with you always. As we sing this last song, uh, let's go ahead and stand and worship and we'll surrender. I'll invite the band back out, um, but please take a moment too, if you need uh, your prayer cards, uh, you guys will be able to fill those out and drop them back off in the back. Um, but yeah, please enjoy this song of surrender that we've prepared for you.